turn in your Bibles, please, to John chapter 15. And we're sort of going to carry on a little bit from the theme of last week. Last week, I I spoke on come and follow me. And we began to understand that the Christian life is a life of following Jesus. It isn't a life of just a load of do's and don'ts. It's a life of following the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord. And Jesus said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So as we follow him and as we hear him and as we are led by his spirit and as he becomes our Lord and our Savior, as we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, what does that mean to us? Um, it, It actually means that we are then used and empowered by God to introduce other people to Jesus Christ as well. But here we are in the 15th chapter of um, John, and I'm going to read 16 verses, very powerful verses. I am the true vine. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking himself. He said, I am the true vine. I'm the authentic vine. I'm the real one. And my father is the vine dresser. He's the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean. You are already pruned because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are destroyed. They are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will show yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. No longer... Sorry, um, I missed a verse there. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the father in my name, he may Give to you these things I command you that you love one another. Wow. It's it's one of the most incredible scripture passages, and I don't think there's any coincidence, it's just before Jesus goes to the cross. This is in the Last Supper meal. This is where it's happening. He's He's coming to the cross and he's pouring out his life and he's speaking about, in John 16, you find him talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going, the Holy Spirit is going to come and that's going to be better for you because I've been around you, I've been, uh, I've been here alongside you, but the Holy Spirit's going to be within you. He talks about the kingdom, he talks about the Holy Spirit, he talks about the work of the Holy Spirit. And here he talks about what has to be absolutely central to me and you being able to say, I am a follower of Christ. I am a disciple. I am a believer. We went through some of those expressions last week. I am a Christian. Central to that understanding has to be this passage. Today I want to speak on Alive in the Vine. Alive in the vine. 
when the Lord said, come and follow me, it was not to a life of rules, to a life of you gotta do this and you gotta stop doing that. It wasn't to law. When he said, come and follow me, it was into a life that is grafted in, that is joined in to the very life of God himself. Of course, the Christian life is about lifestyle and discipleship and the fact that we take up the cross and we follow him. Of course, the Christian life is about obedience. Of course, the Christian life is about not my will, but your will be done. Of course, there are requirements upon our lives. The Bible is really, really clear that whoever wants to live the Christian life has got to, has got to live like Jesus lived, has got to, the Bible says, imitate God. How would Jesus respond? The Bible is very, very clear. Do not give yourselves over to certain things and talk a certain way and act a certain way. But if that's all we see without first and foremost understanding this story, this account, the parable of the fact that we are branches in the life of the vine, then all we end up in is just a religion. Our Christianity and our discipleship is first and foremost about our relationship with Jesus Christ. This is a parable that speaks to us about all three aspects, all three persons of the Godhead. In this, we find the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We find that Almighty God is the, is the gardener. We find that the Lord Jesus Christ is the vine. And we find that the Holy Spirit is the life flow. Very, very powerful passage of Scripture. And I believe that as we go on through this year into what I know can be an incredible year of empowering, of new things in God, of stronger intimacy with God, that we have to begin with the understanding of life in the vine, alive in the vine. So often when we read this passage, we want to go straight for what we need to be, about the branches and the fruit. I've heard so many, I've spoken so many times from this passage and I've heard so many sermons and we go straight for the fruit, the grapefruit and the good fruit and the much fruit that will remain and, and all this, you know, the fruit, the fruit, the fruit and we're the branches and if you, you know, if the branch gets cut off, the branch gets pruned. But, you know, before we do that, I want to go to what I believe is the heart of the parable and that is this, that it is the Lord Jesus who is the life of the vine. He's the life of the vine. Everything else comes from the life of the vine. Everything comes from the, all the fruit. Everybody wants to bear fruit in these days. Ah, oh, Pastor Jay, I want to feel like I'm valuable and I want to feel like I've born fruit and I want to feel like... That's all great, but we need to go back to the life of the vine. The life of the vine is the person of Jesus Christ himself. The person of Jesus Christ. I said last week that if we say, I'm a Christian, people will go, oh yeah, that's fine. If you say, I'm a believer, people go, oh, that's a little bit stronger, but yeah, that's, that's okay. If you say, I'm a disciple, they go, wow, that's really weird. If you turn around and say, I'm a follower of Jesus, you will start to be offensive. Yeah? See, truth will always offend. <laughs> if we want to live a life trying to not be offensive, 
Now, I'm not talking about by stupid character and nasty things. That's not what I'm talking about. But the truth of God, the truth of God's word, will always be offensive to darkness. Always. And we will not apologize for that and we will not hold back from that. Doesn't mean to say we want to offend, but the truth itself will offend. The truth will offend and for us to stand here today and say the life of God is Jesus Christ. Only Jesus. You don't find the life of God anywhere else than in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the vine. So let's think about this person of Jesus, the life of the vine. Jesus himself said this, I am the resurrection and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He said that. Jesus said that. In the fourth chapter of John and verse 24, the Lord Jesus said, God is spirit. God is spirit. See, God is the source of life. He's not the, the starter of a religion. He's not just a crutch to lean upon. He's the source of life. The Bible says his word, he upholds all things by the power of his word. All life is found, has its existence in him because of him. He created all things. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and all things were made by Him, by the Word and without Him nothing was made that was made and in Him was life and the life was the light of men. But men love the darkness. They can't comprehend the light. But then the Word of God became flesh. Jesus, Almighty God, the Word made flesh. I love the verses about who Jesus is. The Word is Jesus. Jesus is the Word. The Word is God. God is Jesus. Jesus is the Word. God is the Word. If you turn to 1 John, in the beginning, you know, he wrote the Gospel of John. Now he wrote the one John and he, he talks about that which was from the beginning that we have seen, I can't remember it all verse for, you know, specifically word for word, that we have seen, we have heard, our hands have handled concerning the word of life, full stop, the life appeared. The life appeared. Not just life turned up, the life of God appeared on the planet 2,000 years ago in the person of Jesus Christ. The life of God. When he was out there on the lake and they said it's a ghost because he was walking on the water, he was holding the water up. He is the very life of God. He upholds all things by the word of his power, the, his powerful word. And he's the vine where the life comes from. See, there is the word of life. There's the river of life. There's the spirit of life. And in that life is all goodness and all mercy. There is all f uh, freedom. There's all grace and joy and peace and love and faith and authority and dominion and health and abundance and patience and kindness and wholeness. It's all in the life of the vine. It's all in the person of Jesus. There is abundant zoe, Greek word zoe, the abundant life as God has it in the person of Jesus Christ because he is the vine. So after saying all of that, it shouldn't be too strange for me to say, you cannot live the Christian life apart from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You cannot. If you're not speaking to him, 
him speaking to you, submitting to him, his thoughts, his mind, his words, because he is. It's not just, ah, church. It's not just a belief or something I follow, something I adhere to because it makes me feel good about myself. It's not, it's not just something that we hear some positive stuff. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Personal relationship. It is as personal today as if we were with him 2,000 years ago around the lake of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. It would, it's as personal today as if we were Peter, John or James. It is as personal today if we were the man who was there on the Sabbath day and Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. It's as personal today. It's as personal today as it was for the man who Jesus said, I forgive you your sins. And the Pharisees said, only God can forgive sins. And he said, what is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you or take up your bed and walk, but that you may know the Son of Man has power to forgive sins. I say to you, take up your bed and walk walk and that was personal for him that day it's as personal today as it was 2000 years ago the fact that he's not here physically is irrelevant completely irrelevant makes no difference whatsoever no difference being with Jesus Christ is as personal and as real today. Oh, Pastor Jay, now you're off on a deep end because they could touch him, they could taste him, they could smell him, they could hear him, they could see him. Well, all you're talking about is your perception of reality from your five physical senses. <laughs> you see, to be a believer, to be a Christian, We've got to understand this fundamentally. I've read this. God is spirit. You are spirit. And I am spirit. I don't have a spirit. I am a spirit. I am one. I don't have one. Oh, there goes... There goes Sally and her spirit. It's just... <laughs> I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. This is not my determining factor. This is just feelings. Soul, well that just goes all over the place. You need an anchor for that soul. You need an anchor for the thing. Don't believe your thoughts. I mean, dear God, that's one of the first things I learned. Just because I think it doesn't mean it's real. I mean, the world needs to hear that right now. Because what we're doing is saying, if you feel it, it's real. If you think it, it's real. No, your thoughts can change that quick. Seriously, you can love something one day and hate it the other. I used to love flared trousers. Man, I was known as the bloke with two skirts. I mean, they were massive. You couldn't see my feet. No, you couldn't see my feet. Couldn't see them. They were like, dong, 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 dong. Big flares, 70s flares. With my kaftan and my afghan and my hair. And my jostics. Who remembers jostics? Oh, flipping out. <laughs> I'm having a flashback right now. <laughs> then straight trousers came in. Straights. They looked stupid. <laughs> I mean, they were just rubbish. Do you know what I mean? It's like, who would ever wear them? Well, everybody apparently. Everybody wore them except me. I refused. I refused to wear these things. So for probably two or three years after, you could not still buy flares in the shops. 
They're gone. And I was still wearing them. I made sure I still wore them. And then one day, I bought a pair of straights. And I put them on. And now I look back at what I used to, and I think that looks stupid. <laughs> looks stupid. What you think is temporary. Who you are is eternal. So the Lord Jesus Christ is the life of the vine. He is spirit and there is a life flow from the vine. The person of Jesus Christ. There's a life flow from, there's a tongue twister, a life flow from the person of Jesus Christ. From our relationship with him. Second thing I want to talk about today is that Jesus' life flows through me. We can all say that if you've received Jesus Christ as Lord. But I really want this to sound personal today. Jesus' life flows through me. The Apostle Paul said, It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There is a life flow. That flows through the Christian, flows through the believer. See, before we get onto branches and fruit and pruning and whatever else, we got to understand this branch, vine, life flow. The life is in the vine. I did so much reading on vines and branches and grapes. And I'm not going to bring any of it up because. We haven't got time, but there's a life flow. There's a life flow from the vine into the branches. Jesus' life flows through us. So all that life that I just declared is, the life is freedom, the life is goodness, the life is mercy, the life is healing, the life is restoration, the life is joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, the life is long-suffering, the life, the life is the very life, light and love and glory and amazing God. The life of God, the very life that makes God God flows through me. says in 1 John, as he is, so am I in this world. No difference. Same life flow. Different function, same life. Even in that passage, Jesus said, if you abide in me and I abide in you. So there's a, I'm in him and he's in me. It's the life we're talking about. You see, Jesus physically is at the right hand of the Father. I don't know how tall he is. Apparently, we've all got a lot taller over the, over the centuries. I don't know. Let's say he's five foot ten. I don't know. Five foot ten Jesus Christ is physically. we got to get this stuff about he was raised from the dead. He didn't disappear. He still has holes in his or scars. He still has, he, he still has a plowed field as a back. It's healed, but it's still scarred. He is a physical being today. Now glorified, but still physical. And he's at the right hand of the Father. He is not in me as a physical man, but he's within me by his spirit. He breathed and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he's here by his spirit. He lives in the believer by his spirit. There is a life flow. I don't live from an engine now, which is Julian Melfi. That was taken out and a new engine was put in. And that engine is the Holy Spirit of God. I'm now not the temple of Julian Melfi. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that word temple really just refers to house. This physical body is now where Jesus lives by his spirit. So Jesus' life flows through me. So either I'm going to walk in the spirit or I'm going to walk in my feelings and my flesh and my wants from the fleshy side of me. Which one am I going to 
walk in. Ah, oh, Pastor Jay, you've got to be authentic to yourself as to how you feel. No, you don't. You've got to be in tune and in touch with who you are in Christ. Because that's the life flow that flows through the vine and through the branches. We've got all sorts of analogies in the Bible. There is a river, jump in it. Not just ankle deep or knee deep or waist deep. Get in there where you've got to swim. Get in the fire of God. Get in the river of the Holy Ghost. You're not going to be in that sitting at home watching TV. Hello? Hello? I know we got amazing people online today. But it's really vitally important that we are plugged in the vine. Are you with me? That there's a life flow. This is not just a belief or a religion. It's a life flow from the person of Jesus Christ who lives and dwells and breathes on the inside of the believer. There's a life flow. As real as if Jesus was here as a physical person. There is a flow of the Holy Spirit. In the early, well, 25, 30 years ago, I was part of the oversight of a church, used to lead a church, co-pastor of a church, and we were very much on the Word of God as we are today. The Word of God, and then things changed. I went through a transition, and I traveled for a bit, and then we planted this church, hooked up with the denomination that we were part of then, and my eyes were opened to the flow of the Holy Spirit. You see, it's not the Word or the Spirit. It's the Word and the Spirit. It's the Word and the Spirit. And depending on your personality, some people are going to be more Word people and some people are going to be more Spirit people because some people, you know, oh, they're the feely ones. They like to... F- <sighs> and other people just want, oh, the Word. Oh, come on, just read me something. That's it. That settles it. That does it. That's me. Hmm. And it's like, get a bit of feeling. No, made a decision, that's it. And the ones over here, it's like, whoa. But we don't live by personality. We live by the Word and the Spirit. And in this passage, you find both. The Word and the Spirit. Now, it takes all sorts. I understand that, and that's fantastic. But we all need to flow in the Holy Spirit and we all need to be grounded and rooted and cleaned and pruned by the Word of God. There is a flow of the Holy Spirit. Let's give Him time. Let's give Him room. Let's yield to Him. You know the Bible says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, the word to be filled with is not an amount it doesn't mean to say, like, that's not quite full, is it? There's, there's like an inch and a half. Probably you're not into inches, are you? Uh, you would, that would be, that's about three and a half centimeters there of space in the top. So I can have more water. I can be filled a little bit more with the Holy Spirit. So there we go. We get some water and we say, okay, because I've used some of him up, you see. I prayed for a long time. I laid hands. I shouldn't try and talk and drink at the same time. I laid hands on some people this morning. So now I need to be filled up again by the Holy Spirit of God. Fill me again. Oh, I haven't given him enough time or enough room. So I'm not quite full again. Is that how it works? Or then sometimes, you know, you emotional ones, it's like, whoa! Well, that's not quite what it means. What it means is to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. When it says the Lord Jesus Christ was filled with the Spirit, it doesn't mean that he was empty and needed some more. It means he was fully yielded to the influence of the Holy Spirit. To be filled is not an amount because I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. He didn't come in and out. 
I'm full of him whether I feel it or not, whether I feel empowered or not, whether I've sinned or not. He's just in there grieved. You know, if I've heard his voice, no, he's just in there perhaps resisted. But he's still there. To be filled with the Spirit, the life of the vine, Jesus' life flows through me, is the fact that I'm, I'm giving him time, I'm giving him room, I'm giving him access, and I'm saying, let your life flow, flow through me. And I yield every part of my life to the person of the Holy Spirit. We submit to him, we receive from him. Jesus said, you can't do anything apart from me. Well, that's the truth, but it's also my desire. I don't want to do anything apart from him. I want everything I do to be in the flow of the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen this morning? I know this is a very quiet service, but I can, I can hear a pin drop right now. Because I think we're dealing with something absolutely central to what it is to be a believer. The flow is everything that is in the very life of God, which is God himself. I love second part. God has given to us all things for life and for godliness through our knowledge, our intimate relationship with him that we have escaped the corruption in the world through lust. Absolutely brilliant passage of scripture. We've been given all things for life and for godliness. Can I say it in just my language? We have been given everything, branch, in the vine, the flow of the Holy Spirit. We've been given everything to live like God and be like God. Life and godliness is a direct translation of living like God and being like God. Why? Because it's no longer I who lives. You see, Christianity, to be a disciple, to be a believer, to be a follower of Christ, is about being the body of Christ on earth, the life flow of the Holy Spirit, a relationship with Jesus Christ himself. No longer I who live, Christ who lives in me. Not from a place of performance. We're not yet dealing with fruit and pruning and cutting off. We're just talking about his life in me and my life in him. The third thing today is that we are pruned to bear fruit. Now we bring in the Father. Now we bring in the Father. We are pruned to bear fruit. That word to prune means to clean, and it also means to take away. Now, again, because of religion and because of, I don't know what it is, it's just wrong, it's just so sad that whenever a Christian suffers loss, they think it's always bad. You see, there are actually only two choices for the work of the Father, according to this passage. One is to take away, and the other is to take away. Now, I don't often go here, all right? So I'm going to go there today. If we just see Jesus as the one who adds, sorry, the Father, as the one who adds to our life, we will have a very one-sided, lopsided, wrong understanding of the work of the Father in our lives. There is the taking away, which is what the Bible calls uh, rebuke or discipline, where God cuts off dead stuff dead stuff. And we can find it in this passage. If it's not bearing fruit, God cuts it off. That is a cutting off. That is a taking away of stuff that's not producing fruit. But likewise, that which is bearing fruit has aspects where God comes in and takes away. Clearly said it, the Father will prune, exact word for take away, will prune the areas which are fruitful. Which are fruitful. Why? Because God sees there's better yet to come. There's better yet to come. The only work of the gardener here 
was to take away because of fruitlessness or take away because of fruitfulness. Either way, the Father is going to prune your life. Have you ever had things removed from your life that were going so well? Well, it must have been the devil. Mm, Perhaps not. Perhaps not. Perhaps it was because the father said, you're stuck with a level of fruit and he wants you to be more fruitful. And he's got plans for you to be more fruitful. So he's going to come in and he's going to snip that off. But that ministry was going so well. My small group was going so well and all of a sudden it stopped. Oh, I must have failed. No, perhaps you've been pruned. Hello? Perhaps you've been pruned. Oh, things were going so well in the business. And oh, that business was great. And it was just fantastic. And then all of a sudden it all went wrong. Perhaps you've been pruned. Now, I'm not talking about stealing, killing, destroying. But pruning is clear from the word of God. That God comes in and sometimes wants to snip. You see, a life in relationship with God and his word is a life that bears fruit. A life apart from God, apart from his word, is a fruitless, dry existence. But a life in relationship with God and his word is a life that bears fruit. You cannot get away from the fact that the New Testament is all about bearing fruit. See, Jesus said, abide in me and That word abide means remain in, stay connected to the person of Jesus Christ. And you cannot do that isolated. How do I know if the life of the Holy Spirit is flowing through my life and that I'm in the vine? The one one thing that says you are or you are not is fruit. If you're in the vine, there will be fruit. If you're not in the vine, there will not be fruit. So how do you judge that if I know if I'm in the vine or if I'm not in the vine, where's the fruit? That's the one thing. If there's fruit there, I'm in the vine. If there's no fruit, I'm not in the vine. It's really that simple. Man, this is a bit of a challenge this morning. Is this okay? You see, what... A religion will say is sort your behavior out and you will be in the vine. What the vine says is if you will be in the vine, it'll sort your behavior out. Spirit first, oh, the whole thing of Galatians chapter 5, which I don't have in my notes, but just sort of Galatians chapter 5, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the spirit wars against the flesh, the flesh against the spirit over in the 8th chapter of Romans and the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The mind controlled by the flesh is death. I mean, this thing, flesh and spirit, they, these things are a war, but it says if you walk in the spirit, your flesh won't be a problem. When somebody comes up to me or if I come up to myself and say, I've got a flesh problem, I'll say, no, I haven't. It, it, it shows me I've got a spirit walk issue. If I walk in the spirit, the life flows and fruit is born. Hope you're getting something out of this today. The life alive in the vine. What's the two sorts of uh, fruit as we start to close here today? Well, really, there's only two sorts of fruit that the Bible talks about. The first is fruit of the Spirit displayed in character. And all of it can be described in this one word, love. Love. All of the character of God can be found in that word love. Love, if we love, it's the umbrella over every other aspect of our character. If we love, we will be patient. If we love, we will be kind. If we love, we will be generous. If we love, we will be long-suffering. If we love, we'll be gracious. If we love, we'll have mercy. If we love, we'll have authority and victory. Love is absolutely the umbrella. It, it, it is the, God is love. The life is love. The fruit is 
love displayed in our Christian character. Fruit is character. Character is fruit. If I display the Christian fruit of love, see, the world doesn't know what to do with this. I will never forgive that. (laughs) You ain't in the vine. That offended me and therefore I'm going to attack back. You ain't in the vine. Can I, can I just say it as it is? I'm going to steal that. That doesn't really matter. Everybody does it. You ain't in the vine. Oh, you're getting into performance Christianity. No, I'm not. Fruit will be there if I'm in the vine. So if the fruit is bad, there's no life flow. I mean, Jesus said in Matthew 12, you'll know a tree by its fruit. Different parable, saying different things. I understand that. But same thing here. You'll know a vine by its fruit. You'll know a branch by its fruit. This is not legality. This is life flow. So the first sort of fruit is fruit of the Spirit displayed in Christian character. The second sort of fruit, equally as spoken about in the Word of God, is the fruit of other people coming to Christ through my life. (sighs) Can I say this? I mean, look. Oh, Pastor Jay, tell me some good news. Well, I don't know about you. I go to Sainsbury's and, and other ones. And I go to the grape section. In the old days, you could choose grapes or seedless grapes. Grapes or seedless grapes? Well, no, okay. In the old, old days, there was just grapes. <laughs> there was just grapes. Who remembers grapes? Who remembers that you'd take the you'd bite the top off the grape, and then I'd do it with my eye teeth. I'd take out the seed, and I'd eat the second half of the grape. Yeah, it's what we did. But it's like no, too inconvenient. Let's change the created order of things, shall we? So let's give people a choice. Let's genetically change the grape so it's seedless, cannot produce after its own kind. The fact that God said he put seeds in things and so they can produce after their own kind. We have so screwed up this world. I'm not just talking about grapes. I mean, I love the fact that I can now eat a whole grape. But it, it, it was just grapes. Then it was grapes and seedless grapes and they were more expensive. And I remember the first time we got seedless grapes. Mum said, I've bought seedless grapes. I said, wow, is there such a thing as a seedless grape? That's not how it was created. That's not what God intended. And now all you have is seedless grapes. Once you go down the route of justifying seedless fruit, you will end up with no more crops. It started as the church that went from 120 to 3,000 to 5,000. Why? Because every, every, every grape had a seed. Is this okay? Every grape had a seed. And then we probably went on a bit. Oh, not everybody needs to win someone to Christ. Let's have some seedless Christians. Let's have some. Let's have some. Because that's fine. We haven't got this personality or I haven't got that personality. Let's, let's not put pressure on people. Guys, we're talking about bearing fruit. So then we had the choice. Do you want to be a believer that does win people to Jesus or do you really not want to do that because that's too challenging? And now we have seedless grapes where we just leave it up to the shop to produce grapes. Hello? 
seedless grapes ain't in the vine. You get the analogy. Oh, you're just being legalistic now. I'm just reading the Bible, guys. Bearing fruit, and very clearly from Scripture, the two sorts of fruit, number one, Christian character, love, number two, other people coming to Christ. Can I just say, no seedless grapes in the kingdom. <laughs> no seedless grapes in Citygate. Look at someone say, what? No seeds? As we close, what are the four results of bearing fruit? Straight out. You're going to think, oh, I'm doing a whole big preach here. I'm really not. Number one, answered prayer. Jesus said, if you bear fruit, your prayers are going to be answered. Oh, because now we, we deserve answered prayer? No, because life answers prayer. And life is flowing, therefore prayers are answered. Prayers are answered because of the life flow. What's the second reason or the, seven, the second outcome from bearing fruit? God is glorified. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. What's the third outcome from bearing fruit? We remain in God's love and security. Jesus said, as you bear fruit, it's all in the passage. I'd encourage you to go and read the passage again. As you bear fruit, so you will remain in my love. Now, to remain in it or not be in it does not mean to say his love has changed towards us. No, his love's the same. He loves me whether I'm in the vine or not. He loves me whether there's a life flow or not. He loves me whether I've borne fruit or not. But I am in the love of God. This is a reality. Perfect love casts out fear. Though I know that's the love on the inside of us, but it's still remaining in the love of God. We remain in God's love. We remain, you know that person that just, and I challenge myself with this. But you know that person who just goes through life and it's just like, I just trust God. I just trust God that this is all going to work out. I just trust God that this is going to come through. I just trust God. I just trust God. Trust comes from love because it's all about relationship. I hope you're getting something out of this today. And the fourth outcome from answered prayer is a double measure of joy. Supernatural joy and natural joy. You see, we don't talk about this very often. We just talk about the joy of the Lord. Jesus said, my joy will be in you and your joy will be full. There are two joys. There's joy of the Spirit, which is the life flow, but there's joy in you and in me. Some people say, oh, I know I've got the joy of the Lord. Yeah, well, I hope it flipping rubs off on your face. I mean, seriously. Life flow will put something on your face. Amen. Life flow will put a laugh in your spirit. When's the last time you laughed? Oh, well, that's just natural. And Jesus spoke about the natural. He spoke about it. He spoke about the natural joy here. He said the supernatural joy will be flowing through you, but you're going to experience natural joy. When's the last time you had a good laugh? Oh, well, it's not about that, Pastor Jay. Actually, it's a result of fruit. Happy people. Happy people. I challenge myself with that. I can be grumpy sometimes. I'm so sorry for my grumpiness. I watched Sense and Sensibility again the other day for about the 50th time. I love that film. And I love the way they come in and they bow at each other. We need to set up... Just, just, just stand up and just sort of pretend we sort of come in and you curtsy and I bow. Oh, no, you're dancing like that charismatic hop. Curtsy is sort of that sort of thing, isn't it? Let's try it again. Oh, I love all this. I can, you can be Miss Darcy and whatever and I'll be 
I'll be Colonel Brandon. I like Colonel Brandon. I like Colonel Brandon. I don't know how I got into that. <laughs> joy. Joy, 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 joy. Natural joy. Let's all stand to our feet. And as we close, hallelujah. Wow, 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 wow. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Get anything out of that today? Anyone in the vine? Yes, absolutely. Come on, don't start saying, well, I don't know. Make a decision today. Right, fruit. There's going to be fruit because the life flow is flowing through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's just lift our hands. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're the life of God. Jesus, we thank you that you are the vine. And Heavenly Father, you are the vine dresser, the gardener. And we declare our dependency upon the vine today. We will not be cut off, fruitless people. And we thank you, God, that you said, answered prayer, staying in your love. Absolutely amazing. Joy. Father, we thank you, God, that fruit will be much fruit and remain in Jesus' mighty name. In character, people coming to Christ, this is the fruit that we want to see, the greater fruit that we've ever had. Lord, prune us, because we want to be greater in bearing fruit. Prune my life, Lord God, because that's a wonderful thing. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, perhaps you are genuinely saying, I don't know if I'm in the vine or not. Today, you have a decision presented to you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Well, I believe in God. Fine. Is Jesus your Lord? Are you in the vine? With every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're here today and you know you need to come back to God or receive Jesus as Lord, however you want to respond to that message, I'd like you to lift your hand in this auditorium right now, please. Wonderful. Come on, don't leave this place without connecting with God. Come back to the vine. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all pray this prayer today. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. You demonstrated your love by, give, by sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross to give me life. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. I receive eternal life in Jesus' Name. Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise. Hallelujah.